Welcome to Happy Path Programming. I'm Bruce Eckle. I'm James Ward. All right. Well, welcome. Happy Path Programming. So today we have with us uh, Zalim Bashurov. Did I get that at all close? Yeah, that's right? nice. Yeah, <laughs> close <best> enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. Nice to right. see you. Yeah, good to see you. So you work on Kotlin Wasm, and uh, Wasm is is obviously there's a lot of exciting things happening around it, and Bruce and I have been diving in a bit deeper, and so we did an episode on Wasm, um, I don't know, a while ago, and I think now we know more and have more questions. So Mostly more questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So great to have you, Zaleem. So maybe start with uh, telling us what you work on at JetBrains. Uh, well, I, as you said, uh, I'm working on WebAssembly uh, uh, some few years uh, for, for now already. Uh, I'm actually uh, uh, working for Kotlin in JetBrains uh, about uh, 11 years. Next, oh, next, wow. week, ne, next week, it, it will be exactly 11 years. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. That's like almost at the beginning, right? Because Kotlin is what twelve or thirteen years old. Or uh, it was the... started in twenty ten, I think, uh, and publicly was announced uh, in twenty eleven. I was joined uh, in twenty twelve, end of uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, so all cool. this time, Even I'm working almost on the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, almost. Were you working mostly on the JVM backend, and then and then you um, a couple of years ago started working on the Wasm backend, or? Oh, uh, during these uh, ten ten plus years, I actually worked on different things. Uh, most of time, I think I spent on web things, on JavaScript backend, and okay. uh, WebAssembly backends, compiler backends. Uh, at some point, I worked even on uh, uh, on front-end and JVM backend a bit, especially uh, before uh, 1.0, we all focused on uh, stabilizing uh, language itself and uh, JVM backend specifically. Um, what what else? Uh, another big thing, what, what I uh, worked uh, is probably incremental compilation infrastructure. At that time, focused on JVM. So uh, me and a uh, few folks, we worked on incremental compilation. So if you using, I think you, if you use yeah. JVM, but can you use incremental compilation? <laughs> and at some point, I, uh, uh, I, I, I did big part of of right. that. Yeah. Well, thank you for making my developer loop faster because uh, <laughs> that depends on a fast incremental compile. So. <laughs> Yeah, they, um, actually, nowadays, uh, they, they is, uh, other uh, developers who, uh, who who doing a lot of things, uh, especially inside uh, Gradle, to make it more cacheable, more incremental. So, uh, mm. yeah, kudos to, to, to them. Yeah, yeah, nice, there's been nice. continued improvements. Yeah. So let's talk about WASM. Um, let me ask yeah. a basic oh, yeah. question first, because... My understanding is that the whole project started by taking a subset of JavaScript instructions and putting them into ASM.js, and then you could compile to that subset. But now that's not the way it works, right? Uh yeah, there was uh, at some point there was asm.js, uh, what is a subset of uh, JavaScript. It's valid subset of JavaScript. So even your JavaScript engine, your browser don't support, don't know anything about asm.js. It just works, but not so fast, but works. It uh, under hood asm.js uh, used some tricks like uh, binary operations to, to help. Uh, uh, virtual machine uh, to infer write types, like uh, uh, in JavaScript, if you do binary operations, uh, you get, uh, uh, you surely get uh, uh, I forty uh, two values. Uh, so you can use it. Uh, some virtual machines uh, it, you use it for optimizations. Uh, another uh, important part of was ASM.js was. Uh, 
uh, binary uh, memory. It used uh, heavily uh, typed uh, uh, typed arrays, so you can uh, uh, virtual machine ca can be sure uh, about uh, types. Uh, yeah. It, so after so that. There was yeah. some initial work to kind of optimize the the ASM.js stuff in the actual JavaScript runtime BM, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, but... it it was born in uh, in Mozilla in inside Firefox, and Firefox had uh, a special pipeline compilation for ASM.js, uh, and it was it would work it was worked very well. At that time, they had uh, some uh, showcase with uh, some game engine. Uh, at the same time, there was a compiler, mscripten, uh, which compiled C++ to uh, JavaScript uh, at the start and later to ASM.js. Uh, so you can, uh, you, you could uh, take your C++ project and compile uh, to uh, ASM.js and run inside browser. In parallel uh, with this story, there was a story inside Google. Uh, inside Google, folks wanted to have uh, 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 something uh, work quickly inside browser to, to make projects like uh, Google Earth. Uh, so it was uh, Naco, uh and uh, later there was Pinaco. Uh, so the idea of uh, Naco, uh uh, was about taking uh, uh, x86 uh, instructions, uh, make some restrictions around it, uh, and to compile to some restricted x86 uh, uh, binary uh, and run inside browser. So uh, this is like it's like a special Chrome only thing and yeah, NACL yeah. is NACL. Um, and so this was just essentially a project where Chrome is like, we need to make a faster runtime in the browser. And so they started creating this like subset of x86 instructions and being able to run them securely in the browser or something. Right. So what does WASM, the WASM instruction set look like now? Does it look anything like the original asm.js or is it a completely or like uh -huh. <laughs> well it's it's not look uh, like uh, uh, asm.js i i'd say um, at some point it looks like uh, assembler x86 uh, assembler at some point uh, uh, instruction mass of instructions uh, inside WebAssembly uh, is uh, very close to uh, machine instructions. Right. Uh, another uh, uh, close thing is uh, JVM bytecode. Maybe if you, if you, uh, if mm -hmm. uh, uh, listeners uh, more familiar with uh, Java uh, bytecode, byte byte it's uh, yeah, it's uh, familiar with uh, Java bytecode as well. There is no so much instructions uh, compare if you compare it to x86. There is uh, a lot of instructions. Uh, uh, in in Wasm, there is not so much because it's uh, an abstraction, and it yeah, says, "Oh, here's here's what we need to represent a program." But then at that point, so <clears throat> what I deliver, say if I write a Wasm uh, component in Rust. And so what I'm delivering is something that has these WASM, it's compiled down to the WASM um, by instructions. Yeah. And then as it's being loaded into the, what, is, is, would you call it a virtual machine? I mean, is it? Is yeah, it yeah, it's a virtual okay. machine. Yeah. It's a virtual machine, but then it actually takes those instructions and compiles them to whatever the native processor is using, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, uh, it could be actually interpreted. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ma many VMs has uh, interpreter. Uh, many most of them actually has uh, a quick compiler, uh, with just quick as quick as possible compile and run your code. Uh, and uh, all all of them has uh, uh, optimizing uh, backend. Uh, all, all uh, browsers like has this. 
Well, except that it seems like it would be a pretty straightforward, you know, if you've got a WASM instruction, it's good. It's just going to map fairly quickly to, to the machine, whatever machine, yeah. you know, a few machine code instructions or maybe yeah. even just one. I do want to point out one of the great things about WASM is that abstraction away from the architecture. So right. similar to JVM bytecode where it's portable, WASM is the WASM that you build is agnostic to the underlying architecture. Right. And so then that gives you the ability to, I'm sure, do all sorts of fancy things in that pipeline to actually machine code mm -hmm. because you can then figure out, okay, for this machine, we're going to do take this path that's more efficient or something like that, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, I think uh, there is important uh, difference from Java bytecode or uh, Assembler. Uh, it is what uh, in Wasm, there is uh, structure control flow. Uh, so you can't uh, jump to, you, you don't have kind of uh, jump instruction or go to instruction. So you can't uh, jump from uh, one instruction to any instruction. Uh, you have, uh, instead you have structured if, structured box, oops. Uh, so you mm -hmm. can jump, jump only within this box. And it's important because it's, uh, uh, it's simplified verifica verification phase. Uh, mm. Uh, you know, uh, one of uh, uh, important property of WebAssembly is uh, security. Uh, so verification verification is important part, and uh, verification uh, should be uh, fast. Uh, so there, because there was, the, uh, so there's the no unconditional jumps, so you know, okay, you yeah, can't just do it, anything. Yeah, it also helps uh, uh, optimizing compilers actually because uh, you don't have uh, uh, jumps inside your loop, so you don't have irreducible loops. So it uh, simplify your uh, optimizer. I think phase uh, 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 most of uh, uh, optimizers, also, uh, especially uh, just in time optimizers, uh, they just ignore uh, such of uh, irreducible loops. Uh, there is some workarounds, but uh, it's uh, it doesn't work well. Uh, you actually in, in Kotlin, for example, you can easily get uh, irreducible loops uh, when you use coroutines because uh, coroutine uh, coroutine could uh, split your loop uh, inside uh, in the middle, and you easily get. Uh, uh, irreducible loop, loop where oh, nice. you can jump inside loop in the middle of loop, and it will be uh, work not so well in hotspot, uh, especially with C2. There is some tricky in Graal VM, I think, uh, to support it somehow. But interesting that in the case of like coroutines, the the wasm that gets created in the Kind of limitations around the wasm that can be created actually enables it to have to unroll loops or or do more efficiency in loops than than is possible on on maybe other VMs or other bytecode formats that don't that don't have the constraints that that wasm has that, like those, the constraints enable yeah the liberating constraints yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. um. So, okay, we've got the WASM bytecode and the runtimes and the optimizers and all this stuff has been under, seems like pretty heavy development over the past few years and been making a, a ton of progress. Um, it's, what's your, what's your kind of high level take on the future in regards to WASM? Like, I think you're excited about it, but like, why? Like what, what well, like, is the future how much of the future of our future is WASM? Like, what's your what drives your excitement around this? Uh, yeah, it's a tough question. Um, on one side, uh, just uh, I just like uh, uh, technically uh, as technician. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, I um, I joined uh, Kotlin uh, because uh, at that time I. Uh, started working on interpreters, virtual machines, compiler stuff, and I like it that. I still like these things. Uh, uh, so that's why probably I like WebAssembly, new cool things, uh, <laughs> virtual machines, uh, uh, new uh, new technology, what uh, uh, 
designed from scratch, uh, uh, keeping in mind uh, what uh, what is done before in JVM, in uh, NACO, uh, and and so on. Learning from all the the past VM uh, yeah. bytecode yeah. technologies yeah. and being able to do it better, and it does seem like in a lot of ways Wasm is doing a lot of the stuff better because they have the opportunity to you know learn from the the past discoveries and yeah, so, something is better definitely. Yeah, probably uh, there's own mistakes, but uh, yeah, we we will know it uh, in in ten years. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's uh, uh, there's a few properties uh, of uh, WebAssembly. What uh, looks promising is uh, portability, security, uh, and uh, at the same time, it could be fast. Uh, yeah. So I I I personally believe we need something like that uh, inside browser. Uh, to make uh, development uh, on front-end side uh, more uh, more friendly for uh, for any language, not only JavaScript, uh, mm -hmm. to allow uh, any language uh, to to target uh, web front-end uh, without uh, targeting uh, JavaScript. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, JavaScript reason, has yeah. been the uh, the assembly of the web essentially for forever, and with many languages cross compiling to JavaScript. But what a horrible way to do things! One, I don't want to write JavaScript, and two, I don't really want to have a language that compiles to JavaScript because it just is not the best way to it's go. So many holes, <laughs> so many, it. so many challenges with that. Mm -hmm. And so WebAssembly gives us the ability, like you said, to use whatever language we want and not have to do a weird translation in JavaScript and gives me the opportunity to not have to write JavaScript. So I, I like all those things. So yeah, it's uh, actually was designed uh, for browser use cases uh, uh, and uh, it, uh, it affects uh, how WebAssembly was designed. Uh, uh, in good, good example of that is what WebAssembly is uh, designed to be to be able compiled uh, uh, while you download your binary. You you didn't when you didn't uh, finish downloading your binary. Uh, compiler actually can start compile things. Oh, uh, can so, do like progressive, like yes, beginning to run a program uh, before it's even fully loaded the WASM. Yeah, each browser has uh, uh, this streaming compiler. So uh, all, all, all our browsers actually when download uh, your WebAssembly, they compile it uh, at the same time. And almost when you finish this streaming compiler so fast, so uh, when you finish downloading WebAssembly binary, you already have uh, something to run. Wow. So it's uh, nice. It is one of uh, great property of WebAssembly. A anyway, uh, WebAssembly was so so nice. So uh, uh, some uh, folks outside of browser uh, starting uh, working on it and uh, using it uh, outside of browser. And it's uh, it. It looks amazing. It looks uh, very promising, especially for uh, cases when you uh, you need to run something uh, quickly. Uh, yeah, uh, WebAssembly virtual machines uh, usually lightweight. Uh, running a new WebAssembly model is usually uh, super simple, super uh, uh, super easy. Uh, it's interesting that a lot of the benefits that the browser uh, gets from WebAssembly, serverless cloud platforms also need those same things, like the nice security model, the like instant startup and run and high mm -hmm. performance and uh, being able to write in any language. And um, yeah, I think there's, there's oh, yeah. it, it's both sides now Even seems very they're... obvious, like, oh, of course, this thing we built for the browser is also great in this whole other domain. So and even a... like CLIs, like I think we're going to get to the oh, point yeah. where like, sure, why like, not just build a CLI? Why, why, with, not with Waz, why not everything? Well, OK, so on that note, I have a question, which is like, will I be able to run Wasm on a Raspberry Pi? Uh, yeah, why not? If you have okay. uh, the... 
I, I think, uh, yeah, there is a lot of virtual machines uh, targeting uh, okay. RM. Uh, uh, you can use on Re Raspberry Pi. There is uh, Wasm oh, free interpreter. Sorry? Can you run it on a Raspberry Pi now? Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, sure really? it's possible. Uh, okay. So probably it's it, uh, yeah. In general, it's possible if you if we speak about WebAssembly uh, with Kotlin Wasm specifically, there could be some tricky because Web Kotlin Wasm depends on uh, Wasm GC proposal, which which is not supported everywhere yet. But right. I, I think it will be uh, change uh, this year. It, I, I, I personally expect uh, at the end of year we will we'll get uh, uh, support uh, in standalone VMs, uh, WASMGC, uh, and next okay. year we can... Seems like it's being, being worked on in, in many of the VMs. The, the node runtime for WASM does support through a flag, right? The WASMGC and so... Um, but then the other, the other more non-node runtimes that are out there. Um, so there's Wasm time, there's with some of the other other kind of standalone runtimes for Wasm is... So, yeah, it's, so it's okay. Good, good, good notice about uh, Node.js. I, I think uh, you can run Node.js uh, on Raspberry Pi, so Node.js uh, uh, use okay. inside V8, V8 uh, support uh, running Kotlin Wasm. So yeah, it should work. So if I've got, okay, I've got my Wasm running on... A Raspberry Pi. Now, a Raspberry Pi has limited services that it can supply. So, what happens if I load a, a WASM module onto my, you know, Raspberry Pi, and it needs a service that the Raspberry Pi doesn't have? How does how does that all resolve? Mm -hmm. So, this is getting into like WASI and yeah. like because. The place where you're probably going to run into this is you're you've built something against some WASI interface, and I think your question is, what if I've what if I've built against a WASI interface that is not implemented on a particular platform yes. that I'm going to run on? Mm -hmm. What happens? Uh, <laughs> if well, uh, WebAssembly model itself and WebAssembly specification itself uh, don't provide much. Uh, uh, so, uh, if you want to uh, to do something inside your WebAssembly model, you you need to prov uh, it should be provi provided outside. Uh, so, uh, embedder, uh, usually it uh, called host, uh, should provide uh, APIs inside WebAssembly. Uh, so, wh whatever uh, is possible on the host. And what you want to provide to WebAssembly model, you provide explicitly, and this model can can use it. Uh, there's different ways how you can uh, provide these uh, functions. Some virtual machines just have some uh, API to uh, to provide some host functions to uh, your WebAssembly model. It is one way. It's not portable. It sticks to your specific virtual machine. Another way, if your host is JavaScript uh, VM as Node.js, for example, you can use uh, Node.js capabilities. You can use JavaScript capabilities. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and last uh, uh, way, uh, I, I now is WASI, WebAssembly uh, system interface. It is, uh, uh, it is, um, it is attempt of standardized uh, uh, some interfaces, some uh, functions, uh, different uh, APIs, uh, what could be useful for day-to-day uh, -day, uh, development, kind of uh, uh, accessing to time, random generator, uh, networking. Uh, and uh, main uh, point about YZ is, uh, uh, it is important part is security uh, and the portability, I think. Um, yeah. So my my conceptual model for this is that uh, in the world of Wasm with Wazi, you you build a Wasm that is going to make a call through 
kind of like an FFI layer. And that FFI layer is implemented by your runtime that you're running your WASM in. And so at the point when you're going to make this WASI system call out, your runtime has to be like, okay, I know what to do with this call and be able to translate that into a call to the kernel or, or whatever it may be. But the nice thing about this is that, and especially for cloud providers, is that they can provide a, a runtime that then has the implementation that they want uh, without having to change the WASM because you, the WASM mm -hmm. comes in and then the actual like system interface is defined by the runtime. And so that the runtime that whatever your, your cloud service or whatever is running your WASM with can decide, all right, I'm going to do this. When If you want to write a file, I'm actually not going to write to the file system. I'm going to, let's say, keep it in memory or whatever it may be. And the, the WASM runtime that gets provided to you that you're running in can do that. But then you can run that same WASM on your local machine and your runtime on your local machine could do something totally different. Sure. I mean, it's, it's like the, I mean, container model. The container is providing these services for you and they're actually connecting to the underlying system. But what if, I mean, like say with my Raspberry Pi, it wants to write something to the file system or to the console and there isn't one. So does it, is that detected at load time that it's gonna try and do something that uh, isn't gonna work and you get, a, you get some kind of message that says, okay, you're trying to run your WASM on a system that doesn't have a full set of services. I think you could do it at, at like upload of the WASM time. You don't necessarily need to do it at runtime because you can right. parse the WASM and look at it and say, oh, you're trying to make this system call. I don't support that system call. Right. Denied your WASM right. so upload. You, so you can't even get started. I mean, that's yeah. what would make sense to me is the, is Verif the static analysis. Yeah, static analysis. Yeah. Pre so are we, tell, tell us how, or do we understand any of this now at this point? Yeah, it's a, uh... It's close, yeah, uh, in my understanding, at least. Uh, uh, when you have WASA model, it's stat statically defined what uh, imports and exports uh, it has. So um, uh, you, you import specific things like functions, uh, memory, and so on. API, you usually get uh, like uh, functions. Uh, it's now statically, and uh, when you create new instance of this model, uh, you need to statically provide the, all these imports. Uh, uh, so they, uh, they signatures should match names and signatures should match. And if there is some, uh, uh, something uh, not matched in terms of signature or uh, some required imports not provided, so uh, it, is, uh, uh, it is error. Uh, at uh, instantiation, instantiation time, uh, so if you get instant, instant, actually you can uh, provide uh, as these import functions anything. You can provide uh, 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 some real implementation. You can virtualize this implementation. Maybe you want to uh, not to want to provide directly right to screen, but instead uh, want to write to in in memory or to file you can virtualize it uh, do anything you want uh, on host side from point of view uh, of uh, wasm model uh, it's transparent versus model actually don't know anything what you're doing uh, uh, in the host uh, yeah uh, if you want uh, uh, so uh, with uh, uh, yz you provide access uh, to uh, APIs you want to provide explicitly and directories or anything. Uh, they, they call it uh, capability-based security. It's not a new, new term, uh, but it's not widely uh, implemented. Uh, WASI is one of uh, implementation of uh, idea of capability-based security when you uh, provide specific uh, things what uh, your application uh, can do and how it it can be done yeah okay so I, maybe we'll come back to the wasm component model and and wasi and um wit and all that kind of stuff but i didn't want to hop back real quick to wasm gc um so give us the rundown on what is it that wasm gc actually does on top of normal wasm uh yeah okay 
uh, I'd start from uh, one funny thing about WASMGC, uh, what uh, actually the uh, specification has uh, only one sentence uh, mentioning garbage collection, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's a whole specification in WASMGC, and it only talks about garbage collection. And yeah, one, it's, one it's, it's funny. It's not... It's not uh, 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 only one uh, specification with uh, such funny uh, property. Uh, anyway, uh, so WASMGC actually introduced uh, uh, some uh, primitives uh, building blocks for languages, uh, specifically uh, for uh, managed languages like uh, structures, references. Uh, so inside structure, you, you can have uh, uh, fields uh, with reference types or some uh, integer uh, or some other types. Uh, and using these primitives, uh, virtual machine can uh, decide which part of memory is reachable, which part is already garbage, uh, so could be collected. Yeah, general idea is about uh, primitives. So it's just adding adding more information into the WASM bytecodes so that then the VM can know how to correctly garbage collect the the memory when it's when it's you know references reaches zero. Yeah, it, uh, uh, yeah, it it's uh, uh, more types. Uh, uh, so with uh, these types, you can define uh, your uh, structures, how your uh, mm, how your data is represented inside memory uh, and it adds uh, instructions to manipulate with uh, these structures you uh, you can create new structure you can access to fields of structure uh, mutate or so on uh, so this is different from normal WASM and the and normal WASM the WASM doesn't know about structures and how they relate, which means that there's no ability for it to automatically garbage collect things. But in the case of WASM GC, you now can represent the structure of of how thing how values and references are connected, so that the VM can can then know when did when things can get cleaned up. Uh yeah, uh, before WASMGC, you uh, you have only linear memory uh, with uh, bytes, so you can write uh, read bytes and nothing else. Uh, with uh, WASMGC, you get an ability to create uh, objects outside of this memory uh, in, in the heap, actually. Uh, they store uh, separately from this linear memory uh, and uh, yeah. So if I were to say I'm using Python and mm -hmm. I have uh, some kind of Python object that I'm creating, it sounds like WASMGC allows me to define that using their system and when i want to create one of those i actually ask wasmgc to create one of those things for me and now it's managing it is that something like uh something like that i just don't remember if you can uh add new fields uh, at any time uh with python oh uh, yeah you, because you can. Uh, with wasmgc everything uh, shoots still static uh, because we want to provide uh, uh, security. Uh, we we need to be able uh, verify, still verify at compile time uh, your wasm binary. What uh, everything right. you're doing is safe. What you you didn't get uh, at some point uh, docs uh, where you expected cats. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. So so in the case of like Kotlin with wasm GC. Is does every class in Kotlin get represented as one of these structs in WASM bytecode? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, funny things, by the way, what uh, uh, WebAssembly verifica verification is more strong than JVM, for example. Uh, 
uh, yeah, doing so. developing uh, things in Kotlin Wasm or uh, porting some libraries, we found some uh, bugs what uh, wasn't found before uh, with huh. our our backends with JVM JS native. Uh, all these backends works fine with this uh, some uh, uh, a bit dynamic in in the JVM essentially, and in the it sounds like with Wasm GC, the, there's no real dy- dynamicness to it. It's like going to be very strict on your structures and references and all that. So, um, okay, so my with with Kotlin Wasm and Wasm GC, my Kotlin program with its class structure is being represented in Wasm, and then that allows the Wasm VM to keep track of references and and do garbage collection for me. Um, that all sounds pretty awesome, and uh, I wonder. Rust, because it's not a memory managed language, is there any benefit for them to also represent a Rust program with these structures, or or is there no no reason that you would want to do that? Because no, uh, Rust works without Wasm GC. So. Yeah, it does work without Wasm yeah, GC. But is there is there any other any other benefit to representing those those memory structures other than than I the GC part? Add overhead. Yeah, I I don't know actually. I. I can read Rust, but I don't <laughs> don't write in Rust. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I saw some uh, discussion around uh, trying to use uh, uh, these struct new, new struct things uh, for Rust and C plus plus. There restrictions uh, with uh, these uh, Wasm structs, uh, so. Uh, I think uh, with C++ it will be hard because in C++, for example, you can uh, get uh, a pointer uh, to the middle of your struct, struct and the WebAssembly structures don't allow it to do mm. uh, such things. That I don't know if, uh, <laughs> if the same possible in Rust. Probably uh, if you go to... Uh, unsafe uh, things in Rust, uh, it's uh, already impossible in with this uh, WebAssembly structs. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Okay. Well, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to Wasm GC, and it seems like it'll open up a lot of uh, new opportunities for for Wasm, and especially with memory managed languages. Yeah, there's an interesting. I don't know if you you'll know about this, but see, um, when Python was uh, ported to the Java virtual machine. One of the things that, because it used the garbage collector and the memory system of the JVM, they didn't have to have the global interpreter lock. And I don't know if that would also possibly happen with Python on WASM. Mm. Good question. Seems plausible. Plausible. But, yeah. It's, yeah, it's... probably uh, they can uh, somehow reuse uh, uh, these structs, uh, but uh, in case of uh, such dynamic languages like Python, uh, they they should provide uh, additional. Uh, I guess you have uh, to know what your struct is to define it in Wasm, and so yeah, that may be the hard there part. There is well, and there is a way in Python to disallow dynamic addition of fields to an mm. existing object. Uh, so maybe with some slots, some constraints around. Yeah, Python perhaps could... I don't know. I mean, because you'd want there's all kinds. Yeah, of they they stuff. could actually mix uh, static uh, part and uh, dynamic uh, part with uh, free slots, uh, which mm-hmm. work uh, like uh, uh, dictionary. Yeah. Right. Right. So okay, Wasm GC sounds great. Looking forward to it. Um, we there's a number of other specifications. We were looking through the list of of kind of other proposals and stuff in the in the Wasm space. Um, let's let's talk next about Wasm threads. Um, oh, I yes. don't know how much you know about that, but it sounds like an interesting proposal. Do you, have you looked at it? And what's your what's your thoughts on it? And and uh, what's the correlation to coroutines? Well, and, and also <laughs> JavaScript is a single threaded language, and so how would this 
you know, would, would, would this allow you to use all the cores on your target machine? Yes. Right? Uh, yeah. Browser uh, but, right, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, he, he is the uh, same funny joke about uh, uh, what Fred's proposal. Don't say much about Fred's actually. Uh, instead, it uh, introduces uh, some primitives for uh, synchronize your works uh, between different Fred's uh, uh, workers. Uh, in it did seem like also, a lot of it uh, was focused on the mutexes and and the atomic references and all that, and uh, not much on the actual. Yeah, <laughs> there is no mutexes. Uh, there is atomic operations. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's about, only atomic operations. Uh, yeah, uh, you you can create your mutex using atomic operations. Yeah, right. Uh, there's uh, primitives for atomic uh, reads, writes, uh, and some primitives for uh, waiting for uh, changes in uh, inside uh, some part of memory. Also, you can notify about these changes. Uh, uh, yeah, basically all. These primitives uh, was is introduced by uh, Fred's proposal. Uh, all these primitives works on top of binary binary memory. Uh, so was was MGC and Fred's not work together yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, we need uh, uh, yeah uh, next proposal which which introduces uh, same primitives for uh, uh, structs introduced by WasmGC. Ah. Uh, Fred's proposal, if I remember correctly, on phase three for now, and I think there is some plan next week uh, to vote for moving to uh, last uh, phase four. Uh, yeah, next week, by the way, uh, we'll have uh, in-person meeting of uh, WebAssembly Community Group in Munich. Uh, oh, so nice. phase, uh, and you're going to that. <laughs> A lot of votes changes, I think. Uh, many uh, proposals on phase three will be moved to phase four. Okay. Uh, and yeah. You'll be there in Munich for that? Yeah, yeah. I'm going awesome. to be there. Nice. A week uh, so real Robert quick Sunday. on the threads, threads one. Does it actually have, does the specification have a way to get a new OS thread? Is that part of uh, it or? No. No, <laughs> yeah, F funny. No, no. Uh, uh, so, uh, how you run your threads? Uh, it's uh, on host side actually on on your virtual machine inside browsers. Uh, we actually have kind of threads. Uh, it's uh, web workers, uh, mm -hmm. so you can create uh, this web worker uh, and uh, put to your WebAssembly models uh, as linear memory uh, shared array buffer. So this shared array buffer could be shared between uh, different workers. Oh, wow. And with, inside these workers, uh, you can using these uh, atomic primitives uh, inside WebAssembly. You can uh, sync these threads, uh, whatever you want. Uh, actually, uh, the same primitives uh, is existed uh, uh, inside JavaScript. I'm, I don't know on which phase uh, this proposal inside JavaScript, ECMAScript, uh, but there is a proposal uh, for ECMAScript to introduce the same primitives uh, uh, to at, for atomic rights, atomic operations, uh, notification, waiting, things. So it sounds like for, for actual multi-threaded stuff, if you're in the context of V8 or web web browser, whatever, you're going to use web workers. Do any of the like WASI, WASM time, whatever, any of those have some some way to to get a, a thread, or are all those just expected uh, to be single threaded? Yeah, outside of browser, there's some activities in WASI. Inside WASI, there's uh, uh, kind of WASI threads proposal, which uh, uh, yeah, uh, actually. Uh, what you need, what you asked, uh, is about uh, uh, API to create uh, uh, operating system threads. I guess it would make sense that you would do that through WASI because WASI is the yeah. system the interface. So yeah, so that's yeah. and and does that have? Um, are they using a structured concurrency model for that? Do you know? Uh, I think. Uh, 
No, no. Uh, I think Wisely Freights just introduces uh, a way to create uh, freights. Um, honestly, I don't know much about uh, about that. Uh, I just okay. few things. Uh, and yeah, as I said, the current freights uh, proposal inside WebAssembly Core uh introduce it on the super wall level primitive right they're trying to get the underlying mechanisms airtight so that you can build on it that makes sense which is really just about shared memory yeah yeah uh structure concurrency um yeah every language uh, could build their own uh, version yeah but it would it will not be uh shared across uh uh, WebAssembly ecosystem. Maybe at some point we need to introduce uh, common uh, things for structured concurrency. Yeah, what's the, what's the current state in thinking around the correlation between Kotlin coroutines and and any of this? Like, do you... oh yeah, good. that's a good question. Uh, right now, it's uh, just uh, uh, we just simply compile everything to a state machine. Uh, as we do on all other uh, Kotlin platforms. Uh, it works well. It's uh, something what uh, uh, yeah, uh, verified uh, to work uh, yeah, last few years in Kotlin and even outside of Kotlin, C-sharp doing the uh, same thing, for example. Okay. Uh, there is proposals uh, uh, inside WebAssembly Core to simplify things like coroutines. Uh, proposal called stack switching. Actually, uh, for now, there is, uh, I think, three different uh, proposals. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, will have uh, hot uh, months, next month, month yeah, discussing yeah, uh, which proposal should be uh, actually uh, finalized. Uh, yeah, this proposal, some of this proposal has uh, proof of concept implementation and okay. interpreter and in WASM time. Uh, and uh, preliminary results uh, looks promising. Uh, uh, in terms of size, uh, I think uh, size was reduced uh, uh, two, five times. Wow. Uh, yeah. In term in term of performance, it's not uh, uh, so good for now, but uh, it's not uh, not been really optimized. Uh, it, it's not comparing same things because uh, uh, what comparison what I saw it was uh, uh, for uh, uh, without this proposal, uh, WebAssembly binary was optimized. Virtual machine uh, can optimize easily all these things. Uh, uh, and with uh, stack switching proposal, it was uh, implementation wasn't um, uh, optimized yet. There was no tooling uh, uh, to to be able optimize uh, stack switching bytecode. Uh, so it's uh, not fair comparison. Yeah. So I hope uh, at least uh, at some point it it could be. Uh, at the same performance, uh, maybe in some cases it could be uh, better with stack switching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned time. optimization, and did want to touch on that because there is a kind of seems like a vibrant ecosystem around taking the WASM that's created by your compiler and then performing some optimizations on that WASM, creating a new WASM. So Binarian is the one from the Chrome team, right? And then mm -hmm. there may be others that do this, but what are so it seems like a you know usually a compiler is going to kind of give you a, a bit of a direct representation of of what your what your code's doing in the WASM, but then an optimizer can then what like unroll loops or figure out other places that it can you know uh, dead code elimination whatever it may be. Is am I thinking about that correctly for the optimizer side? Uh, yeah, uh, Binarian actually doing uh, great. Uh, uh, great uh, things uh, with uh, uh, WebAssembly. We, in our release builds, we we able to use Binarian for optimizations and Binarian greatly uh, reduce size and uh, uh, improve uh, runtime performance. It's uh, able to remove unreachable uh, decorations, 
it's able to even it's able to do devirtualization for uh, for Kotlin or JVM for for Java uh, when you compile it uh, to WebAssembly. Uh, I uh, I actually don't know if there is uh, uh, other tools uh, what able to optimize from WebAssembly to WebAssembly. Uh, some compilers uh, just use LLVM uh, as code again and optimizer. So if you go through LLVM, you get LLVM optimizations and can, can generate right, cool. WebAssembly. Uh, we, uh, in case of Kotlin Wasm, we don't go through LLVM uh, because uh, yeah, we want to control whole pipeline because we want to have uh, super fast compilation, especially in development. We want to have uh, under the second fast. compilation time. We want to uh, uh, to have uh, incremental compilation, and it is uh, it is tricky to achieve all this stuff with LLVM. And uh, as bonus thing, with uh, our uh, solution, current solution. Uh, we can easily experiment with uh, new things uh, mm. because we control whole pipeline. We don't need to wait uh, LLVM or other tools. Nice. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, I think in general, back to optimizers, it's possible to build uh, something like uh, Wasm to Wasm optimizer of uh, on top of LLVM, uh, but. Uh, I didn't see such solution yet. Okay. Um, one question on Wasm kind of structures that I just thought of was, it it seems like usually in the world of Wasm, you compile kind of a monolithic executable, essentially. It's got kind of everything that's needed in in the Wasm for a full program. Is there a way to like like break a Wasm into runtime modules that then could get loaded dynamically progressively as they're needed or something does that kind of thing exist yet or is it still kind of generally monolithic wasms uh it's possible with tricks uh it's not uh, uh something supported directly inside the uh, WebAssembly core but uh since you have uh uh, inside WebAssembly, we have ability to call uh, functions uh, indirectly uh, from from through some special table or using uh, reference on function, uh, and you can get this uh, uh, function outside of your Wasm model and code them. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, this uh, a property could be used for such kind of uh, dynamic. Uh, uh, loading dynamic dynamic uh, compilation. Uh, there is, uh, uh, I don't remember name of project. There is project what uh, able to run x86 uh, instructions inside browser. Uh, it built uh, uh, by a company called Linux Technology, I think. Uh, so they uh, they able to JIT. Uh, x86 uh, instructions inside your browser run inside WebAssembly. So wow. uh, while uh, your uh, program is run, uh, at some point it decided uh, some hot paths uh, and uh, compile it to WebAssembly and replace your uh, this function with uh, compiled optimized version. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's it's possible. Uh, I. I hope at some point actually we uh, we use this some kind of these te- techniques uh, uh, and uh, we'll implement some hot reward things uh, in Kotlin. Yeah, exactly. That would be cool. Um, cool. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about was the Wasm component model, and my my kind of mental model for this is that we. Um, in WASM, we have the opportunity to say, all right, I've got an interface and I'm going to have something that provides the implementation of that interface and then I've got the side that's going to use that interface. And from the WASM perspective, it doesn't care 
which language or whatever those different pieces are written in because there's the common IDL called WIT, right? Which mm -hmm. is the, yeah. the IDL for that, uh, that describes that, that interface with the imports and exports. Um, and so that's the, the WASM component model, which should bring us like true polyglot FFI for like kind of the first time in history, it seems mm -hmm. like. And so it seems like there's there's kind of this is one of the most exciting areas of, of future WASM or maybe it is current WASM. I don't know, um, is this this idea to like be able to actually have a polyglot library ecosystem that can actually interoperate together is that am i thinking about this all right uh yeah i i think yeah a component model is probably next uh, big things in uh, web assembly uh, ecosystem uh, for now idea is uh, what it is uh, uh layer on top of wasm core uh not everything, at least, uh, 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 what developed inside the component model will be part uh, uh, of WebAssembly core. Uh, so uh, b before we move to the component model, uh, <clears throat> how does it look uh, uh, right now interop in WASM core? Uh, in WASM core, as I said before, you have uh, imports, exports, uh, uh, you can import uh, functions, uh, uh, part of memory, uh, some types. Uh, and uh, in terms of functions, uh, uh, you don't have uh, many uh, things uh, to, uh, uh, to explain your API. You have super basic things, low-level things, kind of uh, numbers, floating numbers. Uh, uh, you have uh, uh, references, uh, uh, some kind of references, uh, and it so is this is for, uh, this is for essentially of, like interop or FFI in Wasm core today and the the state of it. Yeah, today. yeah, it's kind of. Uh, uh, when you're writing some uh, native library and you uh, provide C API uh, today, when you want to, uh, uh, to when you want to uh, combine uh, two or more WebAssembly models, they actually speak in uh, uh, in API level in uh, C API like uh, things, uh, and uh, probably nowadays we want to uh, to think we need to have something better than just CPI. Uh, we want to distinguish uh, uh, numbers from pointers, from uh, resources, uh, handlers. Uh, uh, inside CPI, it's all of these things is numbers. We want to distinguish <laughs> them. Uh, 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 we need it for uh, to 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 have a better API and for security reason as well, uh, and I think a component model is uh, attempt to uh, yeah provide better, uh, more high level uh, ability to uh, to describe these APIs. Uh, yeah. So the uh, the the wit part of it is the the creating this this essentially language that defines the the APIs that are shared mm -hmm. or FFIable. And then the component model, um, so WIT then compiles down into WASM, but then the component model, what 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 does the component model do in addition to to what WIT is? Uh is it like they're kind of defined separately? There's wit, and then there's the component model, and they're related. But I don't, I, I wasn't totally grasping what the what the what's the difference between wit and the actual component model. It's it's a tricky question. I think uh, uh, biggest part of component model is uh, uh, this uh, IDL. Uh, with uh, as a language uh, to describe uh, your APIs, it provides uh, high-level 
primitives uh, to describe your APIs, not only numbers, but uh, these uh, uh, resources, handlers, uh, these lists, even string. Uh, uh, so you can provide better uh, API. It's uh, language natural uh, API. Um, aside of that, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, what component model actually introduces? Maybe one of the pieces to the component model is the registry where you can like publish your your WASM component and then consume it. Uh, um, so I there's... think it's uh, outside of component model. Yeah, okay. there's uh, some proposal about introducing uh, uh, registry. some registry for your components. But uh, main point of component model is providing uh, uh, this common language uh, uh, in uh, text format and binary format, uh, uh, what uh, uh, should be uh, language agnostic, uh, it should be uh, actually uh, agnostic from your uh, your use cases. Uh, yeah. And on top of uh, this language, you can build things like Wazi. Uh, Wazi originally was uh, uh, used on uh, own uh, ideal own language uh, for describing APIs That's like and pre preview in, one. Wasi yeah. preview one is is like kind of using its own IDL to describe the interfaces, and then preview two said let's just use WIT and the WASM component model to describe the system interfaces. Right. So that makes sense. Um, and to, I think when I when I played with it recently, the Kotlin Wasm was still on Preview One, but I'm sure at some point you'll be able to switch it to Preview Two. And yeah, in one point nine point twenty, we just introduced uh, uh, Wasi basic by Wasi support uh, in Kotlin Wasm, and it used uh, Preview One yet. Uh, yeah, pre actually Preview Two is not released yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So after well, next week after in Munich, that, we, we'll we need get to switch. it get it done. <laughs> yeah. Um, so aside of uh, uh, this language, uh, I I I know ways uh, border uh, what is part of uh, uh, IDL, uh, but uh, uh, component model in, in general, it's uh, it provides uh, a way to. Uh, compose these uh, different models, uh, compose different languages uh, in the border. Uh, you you have um, uh, types what uh, introduced in, uh, uh, in in component model like string, but uh, it, inside your model, inside your language. Uh, Rust or C++, this string representation could be different, and uh, component model provide you an ability to uh, transform this uh, uh, component model string to your representation, uh, yeah, back and forth. Uh, and uh, one of great idea uh, is what uh, your virtual machine can uh, see these transformations and combine this transformation. Uh, for example, if uh, it see what on one side it's C++ and other side it's C++, uh, you don't need to do all this transformation. You just can uh, copy this uh, bunch of memory to another model and uh -huh. nothing else. Uh, uh, or even face different languages on both sides, but uh, uh, on one side is it uses UTF-8 at another side, it's same UTF-8. Again, you don't need to do this old transformation, just copy this part of memory. Huh. Uh, yeah. That's cool. That's uh, pretty exciting where, where the WASM component model stuff will go. Is there any correlation yet between WASM GC and the like structs in WASM GC with the the type representations in, in the WASM component model? Uh, no. Uh, component model as of now don't uh, integrate uh, anything from Wasm GC and probably uh, it's uh, one one thing what we need to do next few months uh, thinking about how a new Wasm GC primitives uh, could be uh, integrated inside component model uh, how 
new languages like Kotlin, uh, who use uh, this structure, struct, uh, structure things, uh, uh, could be uh, integrated to, to component model world. Nice. Hmm. More work to do. So do you spend all of your time working on WASM stuff? Is that is that your life? Uh, I spent all my work time, at least, <laughs> on this. Yeah. Uh, and maybe and some part, free time. <laughs> a bit more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Sure. Uh, that seems like a fun space to be part of and lots of interesting yeah, there is a lot of things uh, to to do to watch to read uh, uh, to be part so there yeah. is uh, uh, much more things uh, than i have time actually <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah seems kind of it's a it's a very large space it's moving very quickly well, so probably fun to be part of possibilities just seem amazing just i mean you've got the right once run everywhere actual <laughs> not the not the java version actually then, right once and then everywhere. the the mixing the ability to mix languages in a single project seems like that could have tremendous uh productivity yeah value yeah it's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Did we miss anything? Was there any other interesting pieces you'd want to point out about WASM, where it's at, where it's going? Kotlin uh, WASM. Uh, I don't know. I think yeah. we there's there's obviously a whole bunch more specs oh, out yeah. there that that we could go into, but but I think that we covered the ones that were that were top of mind for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So was, uh, I've played with uh, Kotlin Wasm and and uh, and tried out the Wazzy stuff, and um, it's pretty exciting. There's uh, for anybody that's listening that wants to try out the Kotlin Wasm, let us know how it goes because um, it's um, fun and and uh, Salim has done a great job <laughs> working on that, and and uh, so give him some feedback if you give that a try. Thank you. Uh, actually, I'm not the one working on Quadlin Wasm stuff. Yeah, there's uh, uh, other folks uh, helping <laughs> me. Uh, we work on it together. You're just yeah. the, the face of it, speaking <laughs> at conferences and, and all that about it. So Cool. All right. Well, Salim, thank you so much for joining us and helping us learn more. Thank you for having me.